All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Uh, so I've tried to record this show now uh, like a few times. Every time, like something stopped me and I didn't have, I was too tired and, uh, and, and just all kinds of stuff. And the thing is, I'm on IDF duty, which means that... Um, I'm doing guard duty and patrolling and, 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 and training and all kinds of stuff. And I'm right now sitting in a Jeep with full battle gear. Um, and it's just been hard to do a show. So I pray to Hashem that Bezrat Hashem will be able to finish this one off properly uh, and, uh, and uh, speak with my uh, friends all over the world uh, and tell you guys what's, what I think is going on anyway and hear from you as well, if possible. Uh, so yeah, so so yeah, it's been hard to to make a show. It really has been hard to make the show. Again, Hashem, come on, give me some help here. And it's not because there's not what to talk about, but um, well, let's let's start with with things that we can talk about uh, clearly enough. One is tomorrow's the fast of the tenth of Tevet, uh, and maybe you're listening to the show on the tenth of Tevet. And the tenth of Tevet commemorates um, the breaching of the walls by Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and we're talking about in the first temple period. So we're talking about the, the siege of Jerusalem, uh, close to, close to, I guess, I'm, what about, I guess, I guess about 2,600 years ago. Um, 2,600 years ago. It, so in those days, in our time, not so far away from where I'm standing right now, where I'm sitting in this Jeep right now. I could look down towards Jerusalem, up towards Jerusalem. And so uh, the 10th of Tevet is like, you know, I, I think that the big deal about the 10th of Tevet is that the temple could go down. I think that before the destruction of the first temple, once they built the temple, they were like, this thing is never, ever coming down. This is just part of the world that can never be destroyed. This is God's house. God's house. And maybe the tenth of Tevet is like this thing where, like, God's like, He tells us, "Yeah, you know, I could allow for my house to be destroyed. I could, I could come into this world, but I could also, I could also uh, take my presence out of this world." And so, the tenth of Tevet is a kind of unique darkness, which is like, I am eternal, but that doesn't mean my relationship with you is going to be re- revealed eternally. Um, my relationship with the with the with the Jewish people is eternal because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but but it might not be uh, as 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 physically present as as you think. I'm not corporeal like you. I'm not I'm not stuck. Says God. I'm not stuck in this world. One of my favorite 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 phrases is "Who mekomo shel olam ve'en haolam mekomo." He is the holder of the world. The world is not the holder of him. Uh, in any case, um, so I think the 10th of Tevet, I think maybe that's the big deal, which is like, like the, the siege, like a, like, a, like a Gentile king came and besieged Jerusalem. And I think people back there might have been like, is this even possible? Um, and reminiscent of that to me in my life is that I saw uh, the state of Israel come down to Gaza and we were like, this can't be, this is so stupid and regressive it's just it's just madness it's so dumb there's no way that the state of israel would do such a stupid stupid thing 
and uh, and it came down and it, and it did it and it destroyed uh, it destroyed Jewish Gaza. And so, um, yeah, big mistakes can happen. The Jewish people can take wrong turns. They could, we can, we can, we can distance ourselves from God. We can uh, cause uh, cause the destruction. And I'm going to say, you know, my job is to be a positivist, right? My job is to, and I don't mean that anybody gave me that job, but I always thought that it's an important thing in this world. And I still get very happy when when people say to me, like, "Wow, your tweets are so positive; they give me strength." I really feel that that's that's a that's a that's a shlichut to to bring positivity into this world. And I think you know, the, our our sages tell us that 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 prophecy only comes through joy. Uh, but I want to tell you that when I see the IDF showing us videos of how extensive the Hamas tunnels are, I feel ashamed. I'm not like, whoa, they are so bad, the Hamas. Because I always think that. To me, that's not like a big innovation. What I think to myself is, I cannot believe we allowed this thing to metastasize and to grow in this level um, um, within us. How could we have allowed such a thing? We should be embarrassed that we allowed our enemies to deploy themselves so uh, uh, strongly against us. So, uh, so, so vociferously, so bigly. And that we allowed such a thing to happen is just, to me, it's mind-blowing. It's just, and it's an embarrassment. It's, it's really an embarrassment. And I, you know what, and I, I take a contrary approach to a lot of these things. I see these videos. I don't think anybody in the world's like, oh my God, Hamas is so bad because of those tunnels. People are like, you Jews are dumb. <coughs> You're dumb because you allowed such a thing to, uh, to, to grow within you and you didn't stop it. Therefore, you're dumb. Don't look to the world to feel sorry for you. Don't look to the world to be like, uh, to be like uh, wow, yeah, we like, Nazis are really bad and so is Hamas. The world's like Jews. You're dumb. You had strength and you didn't use it. In, in front of your eyes, underneath your nose, your enemies dug up your land and turned it into a hell. And then finally, after killing all kinds of people in little ways, they finally did the big one and killed 1,200 of your people and, and still have your people tortured in their hijacked, abducted situation. So that's, that's one thing that, that I'm bothered by. And another thing is, I was in Tel Aviv yesterday in Herzliya. I saw this sign that said, like, it was, these, it was like this anti-UN sign. And it was lamenting that the UN was not lamenting the plight of Jewish women. As though I need the UN to somehow corroborate or justify my plight and to feel bad for me. They can go to hell. I could not care less what they think. I could not care less. They are, not that I not, couldn't care less, it's that they are part of the enemy. They are the enemy. They are complicit with the enemy. And I say, duh, and duh, and duh again. Like, don't you know that? So what are you making signs for to try to get the enemy to really feel bad for you? And to like, I can't believe that the UN is not like seeing our plight. What are you, what's wrong with you? Don't you see that like they are complicit with your enemies? There's no purpose in that whatsoever. It's so silly, but it also, it also belies a kind of naivete, this endless naivete that you want people to, uh, 
to feel for you. You want people to uh, to feel feelings that 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 you're somehow being uh, attacked by. Uh, you know, they're they're this, they're the funders of those people. They educate. They educate the Hamas kids. They teach jihadism through UNRWA. So what do you? What, why do you think it's like when the when when the UN, yeah, you know, is not concerned with with the plight of of, of rape Jewish women and stuff like that? Come on, come on, like like grow up, grow up, see it for what it is. And I think maybe that's a sarabatevedas. It's like it's like grow up, take responsibility. Don't allow the enemy to come to your gates. Strengthen your people's connection to this land. And stop being such a naive patsy. So these these things, you know, these things irk me. Um, and as I've said before, I think that this war is also a moment of opportunity. Opportunity to have a, a, a ha'ara, ha'ara. A, an awakening, an, an enlightened moment, where you like an aha moment, as we say in the parlance of our times, which is like, come on, start to get it. These guys are taking away your land. So today I'm on this Jeep, and what do I see? I see so-called Palestinians, what I sometimes call Philistines, and I don't mean that they're the ancient Philistines, but I mean that they act like Philistines are marauders. I see them stealing land. I just see them like making a whole new terrace on a piece of land that's definitely not theirs. And we called it in, all kinds of stuff, but like the Jewish people have not snapped out of it. They don't get who the enemy is. They think the enemy is like Hamas. Hamas is like one one manifestation of the enemy. The enemy's much bigger. I, I also think that people don't want to actually see it because they they subconsciously make the math and they're like, if I recognize what the real problem is, it's going to be too big and I won't be able to deal with it. And, and uh, sometimes, sometimes, my friends, sometimes we Jews have a failure of imagination. <clears throat> as surprising as it could be for people who's, who, who gave birth to Einstein and Spielberg, not to mention the prophets, we have a failure in imagination sometimes. And I, and I, I, I must say, that the enemy is, in some ways, more imaginative. Like, 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 if you ask the average Jew-Israeli, if you ask the average Jew-Israeli, can you get rid of all the Arabs from this land? They'll be like, no, come on, be realistic. But if you ask, if you ask a Palestinian, can they get rid of all the Jews? They say, hell yeah. So, you know, there's an asymmetric, there's an asymmetric battle there. Right? I'm going to tweet that. I'm definitely going to tweet that because I think it's very important. Any case, the Sarabat Tevet is the, 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 the fast of the wake-up call, which is, yeah, this foreign army can come and besiege your Jerusalem and in the, in the end destroy your temple. That could happen. So watch out for it. Don't be a fool. Don't be naive. Be real. God wants us to be real. He gave us eyes in our head. I tell you, so many times I have, I have a slogan. People say, from your mouth to God's ears. I always say, how about from his mouth to our ears? What do you think about that? And I, I always feel that if we ever... And I, and I hear I'm being very presumptuous, so you'll forgive me. Which is like, sometimes I think people are like, only Mashiach, only God can help us now. I'm like, God's like, what do you want from me? 
I have done everything. I've given you everything. You want tanks? You got tanks. You want an economy? Here's an economy. You want your language back? Boom. You want Jerusalem back? Here you go. Just take care of business. Don't be dumb. Just take care of business. <sighs> so many things are, are happening at the same time right now. Um, so there's the war. There's a Sarabatevet. There's the Torah portion of Vayigash, which is the Reproshmant. Please uh, excuse if I miss, uh, st- said it. Reproshmant, I think. Is that right, Eric? Is that is that the way to say it? Um, and that uh, it's the coming together of the two sticks, as it says in the prophet, which is which is which is the the Judah line and the Joseph line, uh, the the King David line and the Joseph line uh, coming together, and uh, the breaking of the distance between Joseph and, and his brothers, and the coming down of, of Jacob. And to me, one of the most moving uh, segments in the Torah, which is the prophecy that God gives Jacob on the way down to Egypt, where He says to him. Don't worry, I'm with you. I'm with you here as well. Just like I gave you prophecy when you were running away from the land of Israel from your brother Esau, Esav, that was in Betel, here in Beersheba. I'm giving you prophecy, I'm going to be with you. And, and Joseph is going, to, is going to help you finish your life properly. And then, like, prophecy returns to Jacob. So that's just very emotional stuff. Uh, and we need a rapprochement here between, between brothers. And uh, so that's another thing. I got some personal stuff in my life. You know, so a little bit of a health scare. I don't want to go too much into it, but everybody can uh, can if you if you if you if you if you're a fan and a friend, then please uh, uh, do a little prayer for Isha Yaakov Ben Alex Ben uh, Tziona, Isha Yaakov Ben Zhenya Tziona. That would be nice if if you wanna if you wanna do a little prayer for me. Much appreciated. Uh, and and right and then being in the army, and then and then trying to do Hebron stuff. Uh, and pushing that forward, so Baruch Hashem, the the plate the plate right now is over is over full, uh, and it's an emotional time. And the winter is back right now. Uh, it's cold out there, and that means the soldiers are cold tonight, and that means the soldiers have to fight and deal with the, with the cold, and uh, and that's not so simple. And we still have the plight of our hostages, and so uh, as I've said before, food doesn't taste like food. Shabbos doesn't feel quite like Shabbos, certainly when I'm in the army on Shabbos, driving around or all that stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to having Shabbat back. Just today I was thinking, like, when will we have normalcy back? And then I thought to myself, you better not be too bourgeois and, you know, beg for normalcy because that's just not going to work out. That's just not going to work out because we're not living in that time. we got a, we got a lot of cleaning up to do. Again, Asarabatevet, the wake-up moment. All right, uh, speaking of Asarab our intrepid Ben Bresky has got some interesting tales for us about what is Asarab the history of it, and other tales that have to do with the story of the fast of the 10th of Tevet. Ben Bresky, take it away. This is a moment in Jewish history. This year, the fast of the 10th day of the month of Tevet in Hebrew, Asara B'tevet, will be held Friday, December 22nd. It marks the siege on Jerusalem by the Babylonians. In the Bible, in Second Kings, it states, On the tenth day of the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar moved against Jerusalem. The prophet Zechariah in chapter 8 refers to the fast of the tenth month. The siege on Jerusalem is also mentioned by the prophet Ezekiel and in the Talmud. 
Jews have been fasting on this date as a sign of mourning ever since. In modern times, the date was used to reference the Holocaust and the struggle for freedom for Soviet Jewry. JTA News reported from Romania in January 1928 that the date was used as a memorial for desecrated Torah scrolls by Judeophobic rioters. Quote, the day coinciding with the Jewish religious fast Asara Beteveth was observed in all the synagogues throughout the country in connection with the internment exercises held in Klausenberg, Kishinev, and other towns for the portions of the Holy Scrolls desecrated by the Romanian students during the recent anti-Jewish riots. The internment exercises were given a strict private character. Only rabbis and community officials attended because of the insistence of the Romanian officials. The presence of large crowds at these exercises might lead to conflicts with the students, it was stated. In Klausenberg, the Romanian students threatened the new chief of police that if the internment exercises assumed the character of a Jewish manifestation, new disturbances would occur. The chief of police warns the students that all disorders would be ruthlessly suppressed. After the Holocaust, the date became a day for reciting Kaddish for loved ones, whose date of passing was unknown. January 1929 was the first official Holocaust memorial since the founding of the State of Israel. JTA reported, The Chief Rabbinical Council for Israel has proclaimed today, the tenth day of the Hebrew month of Teveth, as a day of remembrance for the six million European Jews who perished at the hands of the Nazis during the war. A special memorial light will be kindled tonight and tomorrow in every Jewish home and synagogue. The Kaddish prayer will be recited in public. A special memorial service will take place in the great synagogue here, in which participants will fast and recite traditional memorial prayers. Special religious services will also be held in Israeli army camps. Similar services will also be held in the United States and in various European countries. Dr. Robert Gordis, president of the Synagogue Council of America, said today that the observance of the Universal Day of Mourning for Jewish Martyrs will be established as an annual Memorial Day on which Jews the world over will commemorate the murder of the millions of their brethren in this last decade. A year later, the JTA reported that memorial services were held on the fast of the 10th day of Tebeth. The principal service took place on historic Mount Zion, where Chief Rabbi Isaac Halevi Herzog and representatives of immigrant groups in Israel assembled hundreds of objects which had been fashioned from the scrolls of the law by the Nazis. Rabbi Herzog and other participants in the rites covered themselves with ashes taken from a furnace symbolizing the destruction of the six million Jews who died as martyrs for Kiddush Hashem. Chanting the hymns composed in the ghettos of Europe, the participants led by Rabbi Herzog entered the Cellar of Anguish, a cave on the mountainside, where they lit a specially constructed 31-branch menorah, symbolizing the 31 Nazi concentration camps in which Jews were put to death. I have been to this Cellar of Anguish, and you can visit it today as well, although today it is referred to as the Chamber of the Holocaust. Located on Mount Zion, this was Israel's first Holocaust memorial and museum before Yad Vashem was built. Once I was there, and I met a child with a black kippah and long payas. In the courtyard, the walls are covered with what looks to be tombstones engraved with names. The child asked me what they were, 
and I explained to him they were the names of towns and shtetls in Europe that were destroyed by the Nazis. Today, the Tenth of Tevet Memorial, like the Chamber of the Holocaust, has been overshadowed with the official Yad Vashem Memorial and the date of Yom HaShoah, coinciding with the liberation of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. An article from April 1951 states, Allah fixing the 27th day of Nisan as an annual memorial day for the Jews who fell victim to the Nazis was passed today by the Israeli parliament. Members of the parliament were moved to tears when the aged Rabbi Mordechai Nurak, who himself was rescued from Nazi hands, rose to eulogize the six million Jews who perished in the Nazi extermination camps and ghettos. Rabbi Nurak, born in what is today Latvia, personally met Theodor Herzl and attended one of the Zionist Congresses. During World War I, he established a hospital, and he worked with Zionist movements and the Jewish Agency. During World War II, he helped evacuate Jewish refugees. Rabbi Nurak was exiled to Siberia and imprisoned for 14 months. After Israel's independence, he was elected to the Knesset, where he initiated the creation of Yom HaShoah and also the law for prosecution of Nazis and their helpers. By the late 1960s and early 1970s, the movement to help Jews in the Soviet Union gained momentum. The 10th of Tevet coincided with a massive rally on behalf of Soviet Jewry. An article from December 1970 states an estimated 6,000 to 10,000 New Yorkers, Jews and non-Jews, braved the biting winds in Foley Square today for a Soviet Jewry solidarity rally. Mayor John Lindsay proclaimed a day of concern and said, We meet this afternoon as Jew and Gentile, black and white, young and old. We meet not to plead our own interest, but to speak out for thousands of Soviet Jews who cannot speak for themselves. We raise our voices in their name, in the name of justice, decency, and compassion. In Boston, a group of Orthodox, Conservative, and Reformed temples declared a day of dedication to Soviet Jewry on the 10th of Teves, an official fast day in memory of the siege of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. 200 persons heard speeches of solidarity with the Leningrad prisoners by Catholic, Protestant, and Jewish leaders who asked the Nixon administration to act to save the condemned. In January 1971, British Jews observed a day of fast and intercession for Soviet Jewry in accordance with the proclamation by Chief Rabbi Dr. Emanuel Jakobovitz, who dedicated Asarapa Teveth as a day for Russian Jewry. 2,500 Jewish women marched silently to the Soviet embassy, where a delegation presented a petition. Today, the Soviet Union is no more. The Jewish people have new concerns, and the commemoration of the fast of the 10th of Tevet continues. A special memorial will be held at Yad Vashem, with the participation of Rabbi Israel Meir Lau, former chief rabbi and a Holocaust survivor. Jewish tradition states that one day, the fast days will be changed into days of joy, as it states in Jeremiah chapter 31, And I will turn their mourning into joy, and I will comfort them, and make them rejoice from their sorrow. And in Zechariah chapter 8, And the fast of the tenth shall become times of joy and gladness, and cheerful feasts to the house of Judah. This has been a moment in Jewish history. Thank you to Yishai Fleischer. Thank you to all the listeners, and Shalom. 
All right, Ben, thank you so much. You are beautiful. Thank you very much for that. And that's the Fast of Asarabah Tevet, and I hope you have a happy, uh, no, I guess not happy, I guess a meaningful and, and useful fast. I got to uh, bump into my good friend Josh Waller today uh, in Gush Etzion as he was handing out gear uh, to the first responders, uh, first response defensive gear uh, to first responders. And so um, I wanted you to uh, get a feel a little bit of what it was like to barbecue for soldiers and hand out first response gear uh, with the folks from the Hayovel organization. All right, folks, Yishai Fleischer here in the field in uh, the uh, Moatza, the municipality of Gush Etzion, which represents about 28,000 people. And my good friends, uh, the folks from Hayovel, Christians who who are pro-Israel, coming here to volunteer, bring people on the land, have shifted gears into a um, mode that they're bringing in American equipment to fight this war. And it turns out that in many ways, the, what, what we've learned in this war is that Israel is actually woefully under-equipped. And so, so one of the things that I've called this war, tongue-in-cheek, I call it the Amazon war, where we're just ordering things from Amazon. And another way that I call this war is really the re- rearmament war. There's, there's a rearmament. Josh Waller from Hayovel. Josh, yeah. thanks again for coming on the show. Yishai, glad to be here once again. This is great. We're uh, becoming uh, quite, the, uh, quite, the, quite the relationship. We're, we're glad to be connected to Judea. More than that, glad to be connected to Jews in Judea that are strong and that are fighting for a, a strong and safe Israel. Today, I tell you, I was really impacted by all the Rav Shatz, all of the heads of security that are here uh, that represent those 28,000 that we just mentioned uh, that are, are, are going to be a little bit safer. They were telling me stories, Yishai, this, this event that we're at right now where we brought grills out, Traeger grills, great uh, food and all this for the soldiers here, handing out these vests. Uh, they told me stories. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned about what these guys are having to fight with. And I don't think people, hopefully the people that are listening right now, can get woken up to the fact that the uh, Israel still doesn't have what it needs. Like, we, we, we think we're everybody's cool. It's been two more than two months now, and everybody's got it, all the gears. No. We still got a lot more gear to bring in, and that's what I learned from today. The, the heads of security don't even have vests yet. Two months in. Like, the fact that the vest that I just gave them today, the Operation Etai I just gave them, was the first vest that they, they got, and it's, we're over two months. They're fighting gun wars with jihadis, Hamas jihadis, in these, these villages without even the basic protection. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Uh, and part of it is a little bit of an Israeli haughtiness, like we're always we ready, but yeah, we got it. <laughs> but it turns out that we don't necessarily got it. And so, so that's what I was saying, that part of this war is not even to win this war, it's maybe to even prepare for the next conflict. I think so. Uh, and we, we, are, we are rearming with your help. Um, not just your help, a lot of people are involved in this. I've got a lot of friends in the Jewish world, a lot of people bringing yeah. stuff in. But today you brought in a lot of these vests. Right. Um, and, and, but what I really like is that the vests also have on top of them yeah. a note with verses yeah. and with, with, with blessings. So I read it. said it said, uh, it said the, the English version of the priestly blessing. Oh, somebody you know? did that? That's great. And it, then, then it said like Texas. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> right. so you're sending me the priestly blessing from Texas. I've seen Texas. a lot of psalms because people put those notes in and then our team actually writes them down by hand. And then we clip them onto whatever we're giving out. So today's the, these vests, uh, you know, a lot of psalms. Uh, people, I'm really actually inspired by people, the amount of people out there that actually have a, a kosher message, like understanding the, the real power uh, that Israel needs, and then actually write down. This has actually been, the notes actually have meant more, which I've been so impressed by, because you think for a guy, grab the vest and go. No, these guys, I'm majorly impacted by the, what those notes did. Just knowing that it was something personal, and the fact that somebody wrote, took time and wrote down something to encourage them, I've seen, like, actual big chiefs 
almost get emotional reading these notes. You know, uh, one of the things I said to a mutual friend of ours, Julia, I, I said, um, the thing is, right now in Israel, it's not like everybody's out here yeah. with us here. No. <laughs> it's not like it's not like, like everybody's like, go Israel. It's it's actually like there's actually not a lot. No. And so and so and Israelis are, are hard on the outside, but they are emotional a lot of times. Yeah. They're not cold inside. No. And so there is a thing, you know, I'm not one to say like we need help from the outside. Ah, but yeah. but, uh, but I'm but but when people come and they bring the love and they bring the strength, people are appreciative right now. Yeah. Well I think that's a big point is we told the guys, you, you came in there like, hey, we gotta we gotta mention God here. Like Israel's gonna win. We have no doubt about that. Uh, but our part for me as a non Jew, we have an opportunity right now. And for all the non Jews, you got a lot of non Jews listening to your show all the time here. We have an opportunity right now to be like Etai, to come in and say, Israel, be strong. And and also to encourage Israel that, like the psalm says, um, uh, this is of God, right? Um, and then you respond, yes, God's in this story. I can't remember the exact psalm. But but the fact that, that the nations actually have a bit of responsibility in bringing up God in the story, like you said today. Like, you're going to win. We have no doubt about it because God. And then we have an opportunity to kind of help. We got an opportunity to help. There's a real physical and a real spiritual all happening here at the same time. Well, I think that mix came perfectly yes. on these vests yes. with the notes. Yeah, that was perfect. Now, listen, the truth is I got to go to guard duty. I would, I would talk with you for another 10, 15 minutes, but I got to go to guard duty right now and keep fighting that fight. And just so everybody knows, this guy's decked out right now. He's got his M16. He's got his, like, this awesome scope, his flashlight. Everything's decked. He's in his military greens looking like a, I mean, he really looks like the head of security himself. So uh, thank God you guys got gear. Although you missed it. You got a bulletproof vest at the house, though, right? You're gonna be putting I, that on. I've got, I've Good. got, a, got it. I've got an old school one. You got an old school one. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna get you side decked out. We're gonna make sure he's safe. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we're all fighting out there, and you know, it's like you got to be the the security chief. That's right. When you got that situation, you got to deal with it. All right. All right. God bless you. People that want to continue to donate to that website to uh, operationetai.com. Operationetai.com, and uh, learn some Hebrew. Yachad nenatzeach. Together, we're gonna win. Amen. All right, thank you very much, Josh Waller, my brother. And I want to thank Hashem so much for helping me uh, uh, push forward, at least to this stage of the show. I hope I don't uh, uh, you know, fail now. I just want to finish off strong here. Uh, and again, it's just because my mind is on many things. And also I'm in the Army right now. I'm literally st- sitting in the Jeep. My friend went to eat uh, dinner, uh, my, my, my buddy, and I'm, uh, I told him I need to record a little bit. Uh, and I'm wearing my, my full gear. I got, I got, I got magazines. I got my gun, and I got all kinds of cool stuff on my gun now because we call that, we have a Hebrew-Arabic word called wasach, wasach, which means like, like, like showy gear type of thing, like, like show-offy, but that's, but today it means like, you know, get cool army gear, and it's key to have cool army gear, and then we have this phrase that we say, you know, wasach wins wars, Uh, but it's not true, courage wins wars. Uh, and and uh, and King David uh, eschewed too much wasach. He didn't want the defensive plates. He didn't want all that 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 gear. He wanted to be light. And uh, that's what Israel's got to be. It's got to be light. It's got to get back to lightness and being fast on its feet. We got to stay light and limber, friends. We got to stay connected to the Torah. We got to stay connected to good energies. And we have a lot to do. I want to thank all the folks that make the show uh, possible. Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, Yocheved, and Lewin were live. And I want to thank also uh, our sponsors, including JNS.org and JewishPress.com for great Jewish media, uh, for, for nationalistic uh, real media from the land of Israel. 
I want to thank my uh, good friends. Uh, I, I think I got a uh, special donation. Somebody who who sent sent some stuff for me through Prohibition Pickle. I'm going to get the note only tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. And that was really nice of you, ProhibitionPickle.co.il. I want to thank the folks that donate through BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Yishai. Very nice of you. I want to thank uh, the folks that take us on bicycle tours. I'm looking forward to a great bicycle tour in the land of Israel, doing it kosher and awesome, which is koshercycletours.com. Uh, that's going to be beautiful when, when this war is over. We're going to cycle this whole land. Uh, I want to thank the good folks who make uh, who bring it great watches at retrowatchguy.com. Uh, and as I say, from those days, in our time, we need good time for today. Although I haven't watched, uh, worn my fancy... Uh, retro watch guy watch in a while because instead of going to the Knesset I'm in I'm in battle gear um, what else uh, hebronfund.org uh, and also highonthehard.com uh, these folks you know keep the land holy and bring you and help you connect to the, the, the heart of holiness I also want to do a very very big shout out uh, to the to the good people at trelet.com t-e-k-h-e-l-e-t.com that's the folks who make that blue string. And I want you to know that Dr. Baruch Sternman took an hour and a half to talk to my son and his buddy about tying tchelet. It was really very beautiful and showed them how to do it. My son is really into it. So that's, there's nothing more beautiful. I tell you, it's like, I don't know why, but tchelet is the greatest. Once you get into it, it's just a life changer. Tchelet is one of the greatest gifts. And if you haven't done it for yourself yet, you haven't done it for your husband brother, father, son, take that step and get yourself connected to Tchelet. If you're one of our Gentile friends, I don't know the answer. Uh, but uh, there's, there's got to be some way that Tchelet can connect to you. There's got to be some way. I don't know. Make a tapestry out of Tchelet. Put it on your wall. Make a Star of David out of Tchelet. I don't know. But you need, you need this in your life. It's an amazing story. Um, that's right. The good folks at uh, T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T. And uh, the good folks at the Land of Israel Network. And a big, fat, gigantic, unstoppable Mazal Tov to Ari and Shana Abramowitz on their birth of their son, Blank. I don't know his name yet because it's only going to be revealed from the heavens tomorrow. Mazal Tov on the birth of your third child and uh, a second son. I'm very much looking forward to the Brit here in beautiful Judea. Mazal tov to Arya Brahmans and Shana. Big, fat, unbelievable news in Baruch Hashem. Let's finish off with a prayer. Hashem, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for every minute that you've given us a chance to serve you in this world. Please heal all in the injured soldiers and the victims. Please bring back, release, secure Hashem, the release of those hostages. Hashem, please give us strength to fight the enemies and to quash their force of darkness and to reveal your light in this world. Hashem, please help us have victory, which is eter- which is netzach, which means victory, but it also means eternity, which is to reveal your eternity and to be connected to you. That is eternity. And the final meaning of netzach, which is a song. May we sing that song of godly revelation. God bless you folks wherever you are. Lots of love, lots of blessings, lots of thank yous, lots of prayers, lots of strength, and lots of overcoming. And, and, and lots of uh, 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 eking out of this dark moment, the amazing light and amazing opportunity that it can afford us. God bless you, wherever you are. Send me an email, Yishai Yishai Fleischer, and I'm sending you my love from Judea, 
lots of love and lots of strength and shalom.